0: From the book of Proverbs, where there is no vision, the people perish. I speak to you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. New York Times writer and PBS commentator David Brooks has captured a sentiment that I am grappling with. In his latest book, which begins, How to Know a Person, Brooks asserts that there is an epidemic of blindness in our society. The epidemic is not biological. Rather, blindness, in Brooks's estimation, is about a society where we have become strangers to each other. The consequence of a culture that has become strangers to each other is loneliness, sadness, rudeness, and spitefulness. This blindness is also rooted in a lack of vision, which relates to a lack of theological imagination and moral clarity. Another way to understand the epidemic of blindness is that we are in an era where there is a clear leadership vacuum. Both directly and indirectly, Scripture reveals issues that speak to our current times, whether it's political instability, moral crises, crisis in terms of a lack of vision, Scripture describes what our foreparents in the tradition have dealt with. It seems that the epidemic of blindness is not new. Rather, from our scriptures today, we read two instances of blindness, but also read of great hope. Turn with me, if you will, to the second sentence of the first lesson today. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. You see, it's not that God was not speaking or God was distant. Rather, the culture was so distanced from wanting to hear from God, from desiring to know God, and desiring to trust God. So much so that God had to use other means to offer a vision in order to break through. The context of our lesson is before a time where there were kings to rule the nation of Israel. They were led by a group called judges and priests. And one major figure was Eli, the high priest, who was chief of the shrine at Shiloh. Now, Eli, being a good dad, appointed his two sons to succeed him. And in many ways, he was complicit by turning a blind eye turning a blind eye to their fact that they were morally bankrupt, not worthy of the office. They misused the offerings that were at the temple, and they engaged in breaches of trust and abuse of power. They were predators. In an era of moral corruption, where the foundations of ethics and living a life of virtue is discounted and made fun of, When people do not take their call, positions, vocations, (laughs) vows, or oath of office seriously, is it a wonder that visions of God's revelations are not discerned? Yet even in those contexts, there is always hope. A new generation that hears and perceives. God's will. Samuel, who's probably, you know, the age of Lyndon or Brooks or Johan or Nick or Madeline or any one of our little kids who are, are here, represents the new generation of possibility who hears and is willing to listen to a new direction from God. Now let's look at the gospel. Nathaniel sitting under the fig tree. Now sitting under the fig tree is perhaps code for someone who's studying and reflecting on the law and the Torah. And Nathaniel is invited by his friend Philip. Blinded by his preconceptions and disillusionment, Nathaniel replies, What good can come from Nazareth? Now we can read that as sarcasm but hidden behind that is a sign of someone who is struggling and yearning for a vision in life. Without missing a beat, this scholar retorts, can anything, anything good come out of Nazareth? To which Philip offers a reply, come and see. Open your eyes to new possibility open your heart to a new encounter open your ears to hear open your soul to accept the truth just like samuel's life took a new direction upon hearing god's voice nathaniel's life takes a different direction when he feels that he has been seen by god and when he himself sees jesus this encounter of seeing of recognition and acceptance leads to a lifelong commitment of being a disciple of Christ. For he receives and accepts the vision of Christ who is and follows because he is indeed searching for meaning in the midst of Roman occupation and moral vacuousness. St. Paul reminds us in the Epistle today that vision entails discernment. It means not making an idol of anyone, of any person, any figure, or anything, and is about ultimately submitting ourselves to the Lordship of Christ. Discernment is recognizing that our temple, our mind, our body, and spirit is the dwelling place of God. Such discernment plus recognition leads to health. In the words of the old 1662 prayer book, there is no health in us. And the only way to health is by opening up ourselves to an ongoing encounter, a deep encounter with the Lord of life, who we know to be Jesus. So perhaps, beloved, we can take an opportunity to reflect. Where do we as a nation, as a church, or as individuals need to hear the vision or see the vision of God? Examining your own lives. Where are areas in your life when you need to feel more connected? Where do you need to take the earplugs out or to take the blinders off? Are you fearful that you are not seeing or feeling a vision for life, a life of deep meaning? There is a paradox here. The good news is that, thank God, we are unable to help ourselves. We are unable to help ourselves because we have a God. God is a God who discloses and deeply desires to be encountered and wants to encounter each and every one of you. The good news is that God intervenes and uses people to offer mirrors to us. For Eli, it is Samuel. For Nathaniel, it is Philip. Perhaps for you, it's your clergy person, spiritual director, or a parish group. The reality is we cannot live life by and for ourselves. We need God and we need people in our life. So I invite you to pray with me from the words of our collect. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. Grant that your people, illumined by your word and sacraments, may shine with the radiance of Christ's glory that he may be known, worshiped, and obeyed to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.